Our guest today, GPSIA, does not speak for Garmin International Inc. and Deer and Company with respect to all points made about Legato by the GPSIA Executive Director in this podcast. See the NSPS website for more details. Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including Table Lay Talk with Gary Kent, Point of Order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, Future Focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello, this is your host, Kurt Sumner, for Surveyor Says, the podcast series for NSPS. Appreciate you listening to us today. We're always eager to share new information, important information with our members and other listeners. And to that end, today I have with me um, a guest who is with the GPSIA organization, and uh, his name is David Grossman. Welcome, David. Thank you, Kurt. Uh, It's an honor to be a part of the podcast today and looking forward to the conversation. We've been fortunate uh, to establish a lot of alliances and uh, through the work of our government affairs team. And certainly this one with with you guys, David, is a really important one for NSPS and its members. As you might imagine, uh, surveyors are as big a user of GPS as any profession. Maybe not every particular job or whatever, but certainly in the professions, the licensed professions, it's a really big deal for surveyors. And um, one of the things we're always concerned about is what what might happen to affect it. When it first came along, we worried about how was it going to change what we've been doing for the last 200 years in in terms of the way we do things. But now it's just become part of our fabric. And so it's terribly important to us that, that it be well represented and and certainly uh, on the hill and the understanding of the people there about its importance not only to us but to the world in general and so with that maybe you can share with our audience something about the background of of the organization how did it get going sure well thanks again for having me a part of the show today um gpsia the gps innovation alliance we're a about uh, seven years old, so in in Washington terms, uh, relatively new organization in in town. Uh, started uh, by Garmin, Trimble, and Deer, so all companies that your members should be uh, quite familiar with. And um, our focus and mission is to promote, protect, and enhance GPS. And so over the years, we've been involved in uh, battles over uh, spectrum, protecting the, the spectrum used by GPS. We've been involved in, in conversations around infrastructure modernization and ensuring continued funding for the GPS program. And we're also very focused on the resiliency of, of GPS, ensuring that it remains reliable, uh, accurate, and, and resilient. And so, uh, I joined uh, just about two years ago 
Uh, I had come out of, of government. I had spent nearly a decade in public service. And my goal with the organization uh, was really to take us to the next level. Uh, if if the, your listeners had not heard of GPSIA uh, prior to today's podcast, that, that's okay. But, but my goal today is to change that. And uh, I think we're doing a lot of work that, that your members will find um, uh, to be in lockstep with your, your areas of interest. And I hope through today's conversation that we can continue to uh, carry out that partnership in the year, months and years to come. So you've been you've been in this organization for two years now, and, and I understand the the way it was created. Obviously, like you said, we're very familiar with those companies that you mentioned. Uh, every surveyor will know those names for sure. Um, so maybe give us just a, a couple of minutes or so of your background in general. You said you'd been working on the Hill and were you working in congressional offices or? I was. So uh, my time in public service began on Capitol Hill. I started with the House Small Business Committee, uh, where I was on the majority staff focusing on technology and telecommunications policy. Um, and from there, I uh, joined the office of Congresswoman Anna Eshoo, who at the time was the ranking member of the uh, Energy and Commerce Committee uh, Subcommittee on Telecommunications. And it was in that office where I led the Congresswoman's work on tech and telecom policy. And uh, those may be familiar with Congresswoman Eshoo. Uh, she represents the Silicon Valley region of our nation and the innovation capital. And so these were issues that uh, were very important to her congressional district. They were uh, relevant to the work uh, that we were doing at the subcommittee. And honestly, it was, it was one of the times when I first uh, had an opportunity to work on GPS policy. In, in fact, uh, uh, the earliest days or some of the early days of what was then uh, Light Squared, I was involved in as a Capitol Hill staffer. Um, but then from there um, and uh, prior, just prior to coming to GPSIA, I was at the Federal Communications Commission. I was the chief of staff to then FCC Commissioner Clyburn. Uh, where I worked on a number of issues from uh, media policy to uh, broadband access and net neutrality. Well, I know when you and I were chatting earlier about the program today and what what we're doing, and uh, we were talking about the work, the help we get from JB and John. Um, but you made a, a really important statement to me that I know our members will be familiar with, but it's worth reiterating, and that is just how important it is to have alliances and relationships, particularly Absolutely. in Washington. Washington depends on coalition buildings, and it certainly was something that I experienced working in government. Uh, you want to uh, push legislation across the finish line. Uh, you need to build a, a coalition of, of, of allies from uh, a diverse set of voices, uh, political perspectives. That's the way things get done. Uh, in Washington, and and I've taken those values to the work that we do at GPSIA. One of the uh, uh, elements or structure of, of our organization, and this existed uh, prior to my arrival, um, so we have essentially two categories of members, and then we have an affiliate category. So our, our members, as I mentioned, are our founding principal members, Garmin, Deere, and Trimble. And then in, in just the last few months, we've uh, doubled our membership 
uh, with the addition of Lockheed Martin, uh, uh, Collins Aerospace, and uh, a third company that we will be announcing uh, very soon. And then the third category we have, and, and this is what you're referring to, is, is our affiliates. And these are trade associations that share our common mission to promote, protect, and enhance GPS. NSPS has uh, been one of those groups for a number of years. Uh, and it's a way that uh, with NSPS and other groups that we work with, it's a way to share information and intel that we're hearing on, on Capitol Hill uh, when we're putting together events, such as a, a webinar that we held uh, just uh, in the last couple weeks. Uh, it's the way to, to get the word out. And so uh, absolutely the work that we do uh, we couldn't do it alone. We're, we are a small organization, and so having uh, alliances and, and allies like NSPS are, are really important. Yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I'm curious about the impact of where we are now in the world. Uh, it's certainly this whole issue that we're dealing with now, uh, the COVID-19, has affected surveyors like everybody else. However, in some cases, it it hasn't enhanced things, but it hasn't inhibited us as much as it might have, simply because we're tied to some of the essential activities that the government recognizes as essential, things like construction and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, if you're going to do construction, you got to have something to base the construction on, right? So there can't be construction without design. And there can't be designed without information. And that information oftentimes, and a lot of it comes through surveyors. So, you know, we always like to talk about being first in, last out. We, we gather the data to design. We, we give some instruction on development. And then we go back and see if it got built in the right place. So it has impacted us in, in a way, but I, probably not as much as it has a lot of other people. And, and I don't know within the alliance itself, the, the, entities that are in it, if they've been affected very much by it or not. Well, I can certainly talk about it from the uh, perspective just of uh, the operations of, of an association uh, working in Washington. It really has changed everything. Um, uh, as, as someone who advocates uh, before Capitol Hill and in front of other federal agencies, face-to-face uh, -face communication is, is the way things have always gone done. Um, you know, sure, you can email, you can pick up the phone, uh, but the most effective form of, of advocacy is walking the the, hill, the the halls of Capitol Hill. And so um, that's had to change. And, um, you know, webinars have been one of the ways that I think a, a lot of organizations, uh, including ours, have found as a new way to communicate information uh, to congressional staffers. We've, we've certainly had to rely uh, more on on email uh, and uh, phone calls, um, but yeah, it absolutely has. It, it really has changed um, the way we think and go about uh, our day-to-day -day work. Well, speaking of of that work, as you're aware, uh, and I just mentioned that that surveyors are have been now ever since the very beginnings of. Uh, challenges to the GPS use in the country. Surveyors have been very aware of that. Uh, I won't say that we've become totally dependent on GPS, but it's really close. Uh, so 
we have always, we as a, a profession have been concerned. And in some cases, I think we almost felt a little helpless because, mm -hmm. you know, we, we don't have the power that a lot of other people have. Um, and, but since the, the light square days, we've been involved as much as we could possibly be. Um, so I know our listeners would be interested in your thoughts on, um, is there, is there some vision out there how all this thing might work out? I mean, I know we've gotten to the point now we've gone through the FCC and there's feedback mm -hmm. and repercussions from that. Um, is there any way to get a sense of where it could go or is likely to go? Sure. Uh, with the, uh, the story of that is is certainly one that's going to would take a lot longer than the time we have on this podcast. But I, I do think that that the play right now is, is on Capitol Hill. As you said, uh, this has been a lengthy battle. Uh, it has involved many federal agencies, not just the Federal Communications Commission, but the Department of Defense, the Department of Transportation, Department of Commerce, uh, and and many others. And so uh, one of the things that that we play in terms of the role of, of GPSIA is, is education. Uh, it's something I feel very strongly about is before we can have a in-depth conversation about uh, spectrum policy and why the FCC uh, got the, its legato decision wrong, uh, we gotta talk about the fundamentals of GPS. And so that that's part of what we've been doing on Capitol Hill for some time is making sure that Congressional staff understand the, the unique ways in which GPS works as a navigation service, the power level coming off of a satellite that's 12,000 miles above the earth is gonna function very differently than a terrestrial communications network like what Legato has proposed. So we, we talk a lot about those fundamentals because it's what allows us to get to the, the next step. So why why is the FCC uh, why did the FCC get its decision uh, wrong? Uh, we talk quite extensively about what, what is known as the 1DB standard. And uh, the, at the end of the day, um, like I said, I think it's it's going to be on Capitol Hill uh, to to figure this out. I know one of the things that seems to be, I don't unknown is probably not the right word, you tell a bunch of surveyors that something is going to happen that might impact them negatively. And so, you know, their first reaction is going to be to huddle up and figure out how we do away with it. Um, I don't know that that there's a really big, great understanding among our population in terms of just what is it that Legato is going to be doing. I mean, we know that the we know all about the signal. We know the, about the interference and that kind of thing. I don't think many people understand what it is they're proposing to provide. Sure. Um, well, and, and and it's understandable that that there would be a lot of questions because let's be honest, there are a lot of buzzwords being thrown out: 5G, Internet of Things. Uh, but let, let's let's talk about the basics here. Uh, the spectrum that we're talking about uh, has been zoned for satellite use. Uh, the request that Legato made uh, was essentially uh, to uh, repurpose it, rezone it uh, for uh, terrestrial uh, terrestrial service. And that's right there is where you, where you begin to have problems. When you have a, a service that is proposing to be millions of times more powerful 
than the GPS signal uh, received on Earth. Uh, this is a this is an issue of basic physics, um, and again, it's why why I talk about about the education here. Um, you know, there is a lot of buzzwords being thrown out. Um, I think it's important to reiterate from a GPSIA perspective, and and I think that uh, your members would agree. We're very much in support of the deployment of 5G services, and particularly with the expansion of broadband to rural communities across our country. Uh, but it, it doesn't have to be an either or of choosing between 5G and GPS. Uh, the FCC, for example, under Chairman uh, Pai, has put together uh, what he's called the 5G Fast Plan, uh, which talks about spectrum bands, uh, the low, medium, and high frequencies um, that could be used for the deployment of 5G. The L-band, uh, uh, which uh, is the spectrum that GPS operates in, was not even a part of, of that 5G fast plan. Uh, so the reality is, uh, and, and it's demonstrated in, in the work that you're seeing out of the FCC, they're moving right ahead in a number of other uh, frequency spectrum bands uh, to expand the deployment of wireless broadband. And we view that as a good thing, uh, but we want to ensure that uh, the actions of the FCC are not going to come at the detriment of the millions and millions of, of GPS users. And surveyors are, are one of those uh, important use cases. They're estimated to be uh, over 900 million GPS receivers just in the United States, uh, used uh, in consumer products, used in aviation, agriculture, critical infrastructure, the uh, autonomous vehicles, the, the list go, goes on and on. And, and that's why this issue is so important to be discussing. Uh, the play is on Capitol Hill and, and we, are, uh, we are actively um, reaching out to congressional offices to make sure they understand um, the issues, the, the, the basic uh, fundamentals of, of GPS. And again, uh, why we think the FCC got, got its decision wrong. Uh, and as well reiterating our support for the NTIA's petition for stay. Right. So in the, the membership of, uh, of the organization, uh, are, are those organizations, most of them, obviously they're not surveyors, but they're similar to us in, in, the, in some sense that whatever it is they're doing could and will be impacted by this. But is there, it sounds as though GPISIA is set up specifically for this thing, um, and that doesn't mean when this is resolved or not that the organization would go away. There's always going to be something to talk about. I'm just, I was just curious about the makeup of all the entities that participate in the organization. Obviously, they have some interest here, but I'm sure they're pretty varied. Sure. Well, Spectrum has, you're absolutely right, has always been at the core of our advocacy, but I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the, the many areas of, of work uh, that we do beyond just that. Um, uh, technical standards is something that, that many of our, our companies uh, join our association to be a part of. Uh, we have an active tech, uh, technical working group that meets on a weekly basis. Uh, we're also uh, uh, quite active in, in international proceedings, uh, including those that involve other uh, global navigation satellite systems, uh, including uh, Europeans, Galileo. 
Um, so there, there's a lot of work being done. Um, I focus my efforts uh, in the United States and, and spectrum issues uh, have been at the top of that list. But like I said, um, infrastructure modernization, uh, there's uh, a lot of excitement and buzz around the new generation of, of GPS satellites that are uh, being built by Lockheed Martin, uh, known as GPS-3. We've already seen two of those satellites launch and uh, more are on the way. And those are going to bring new benefits, both for civilian users uh, as well as our military, uh, and particularly on the military side uh, with increased anti-jamming uh, capabilities, uh, which is uh, certainly an important conversation when we, we talk about the use of GPS um, in uh, war zones and, and other areas uh, that the military operates in. Um, so infrastructure modernization, uh, and again, like I said, resiliency is another one of those issues. And uh, we were pleased to see the uh, White House in February uh, release an executive order uh, focused on PNT resiliency, including GPS. And we're intending to play a role in providing feedback to the federal government as they put uh, as they move forward in implementing that executive order. You know, thinking about that whole international aspect, obviously as surveyors, we realize that there are people doing what we do all over the world. Uh, we're part of an international group known as FIG, and pretty much every, at least national surveying organization around the world is part of that. Uh, so this is probably gonna be a, a silly question to ask, but is there as much concern outside of the United States with what Legato is doing uh, as we as we have. I I think there absolutely uh, is um, in varying degrees uh, depending on, on the country uh, that we're talking about and and certainly uh, there are nations that uh, known to be deep allies of the United States and ones that uh, we coordinate quite closely with uh, and, and I would add on that there there are various bodies. Uh, including the PNT Advisory Board uh, here in the U.S., uh, working with the State Department uh, that plays a role in, in coordinating uh, on these issues. Because while, while the Legato Network um, is intended only for operation in the U.S., there are, of course, other global navigation systems uh, that are, are global in nature. They're covering not just their own regions, but uh, uh, they're covering the U.S. and operating in uh, similar spectrum bands. So um, absolutely, this is an issue uh, of interest, uh, not just for the United States, but but other nations. Right. So if I'm understanding that correctly, if I'm a a property boundary surveyor in the Netherlands, perhaps this isn't as much of a deal to me as it is if I'm a property boundary surveyor in the United States. However, as you said, there are a lot of organizations that are entities that function sort of within our area that would be impacted, if I'm understanding what you're saying. At, at this point, that's correct. Um, but certainly, uh, there are conversations that uh, are ongoing around um, spectrum harmonization. And I'm not specifically talking about this band, but this band, but just spectrum bands in general. Um, and so, um, you know, we would be watching for any precedent that was formed from this where other nations might say, oh, well, uh, if uh, if this band can be used for terrestrial 
use in the United States next to uh, a navigation service like GPS, well, maybe we could consider it uh, here in our country as well. Right. Um, so at this point, the answer is no, but it's something to remain vigilant about. Right. So do you have any sense at all of sort of where we are in the game? You know, where, if it's a baseball game, are we in the second inning or, or where we might be in all this? Maybe there's no way to know the answer to that. I don't know. Sure. Well, as I said, there, there have been many chapters. This has gone on for uh, many years. Uh, the most recent chapter has been written by uh, uh, the adoption of the FCC's order in April, uh, but we're now into the next round. As you know, the regulatory process has uh, included uh, petitions for reconsideration filed by a number of parties, including uh, a number of GPSIA's members. There have been uh, oppositions filed by Legato and, and their allies. Um, and now um, in that stage, that piece is, is in the FCC's court uh, to, to review those filings and then uh, make a determination um, uh, whether to reconsider its decision. And of course, as I said, uh, the NTIA, which falls under the Department of Commerce, uh, has filed and they've also uh, submitted a petition for stay. Uh, so there's a, there's a number of information that uh, and filings that are before the FCC. Um, and of course, Capitol Hill has been quite active. There have been a number of letters that have been sent. And, and I think that this is notable uh, is that they come from both sides of the aisle. They, uh, they come from varying committees of jurisdiction. Uh, there are, uh, there has been uh, support for GPS, uh, not only in the Armed Services Committee, but uh, members of commerce, uh, from agriculture, uh, from the Science and Tech uh, Committee. Uh, so uh, I would expect that that, again, will be um, part of the next chapter, um, whether it's the uh, uh, NDA, NDAA, uh, or other legislative vehicles where you'll see uh, proposals um, to try to roll back uh, what the FCC did. Yeah, well, I'm, I don't want to take a lot more time from you today. I, there is one other thing that, that I was thinking about, and anything else you want to add is fine, too. But um, from a surveyor's perspective, um, we're looking at it. Okay, this is out there. Right now, it's where it is. We're not sure what impact that's going to have. But let's assume for a moment that it could be very, very detrimental to the way surveyors operate today. So the question in the surveyor's mind is, okay, what happens after that? What if, if the equipment we use becomes ineffective, if not uh, totally done away with, less effective than it is now? Our that, question. That is really, yeah, that, that really is then the next stage of the conversation. And, and it's one that, um, I know it is a conversation that, that is happening already. Um, Department of Homeland Security is, is one of those agencies that um, is thinking about those, those steps uh, in terms of what happens after uh, implementation has uh, occurred. Uh, certainly under the FCC's order, there are uh, various notifications that are uh, required to be made to uh, major uh, GPS receiver manufacturers. Uh, but, of course, when you're talking about critical infrastructure 
or perhaps aviation where uh, the network being turned on and then uh, you being 35,000 feet above the earth, uh, we can't have uh, a trial and error uh, in, in that scenario where uh, you're up in the air and suddenly discover that uh, your GPS uh, is no longer uh, operating or you may not even know because the positioning could simply be off and, and you're not necessarily getting a, a direct reading uh, that the GPS signal has been lost. So um, that is definitely the next phase of the conversation. We're going to be part of it and uh, working with, with allies in the federal government, including uh, DHS. Yeah, well, as one who is not only in the surveying profession, but as one who lives uh, less than five miles from the runways at Dulles Airport, uh, those any impact on air travel would be a, a problem for me. When the when the wind blows strong out of the northwest, all the landing planes come over my house. So uh, I want to make sure they land properly in the future. <laughs> so uh, anything else you want to add? I know that... Uh, you were talking earlier in the conversation. I don't know if you want to expound on that at all. Just the whole idea of coalitions and uh, the importance of activity in Washington on the Hill or uh, within the agencies, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you returned to that because it's something that I feel strongly about and has been part of the work that I've done uh, as of uh, the last two years in coming to the organization. And one of those things is, is getting a, a GPS caucus uh, created in Congress. And this is something that's bipartisan, bicameral uh, in the Senate. It's led by Senators Duckworth and Ernst, uh, and in the House by Representatives Loebsack and Bacon. And uh, uh, amongst those four members, and there are other uh, members of Congress in the House and Senate have joined, uh, it's a platform for educating other members and their staffs about the importance of GPS, importance of promoting, protecting, enhancing uh, this vital technology. And it's also a platform for educational briefings like, like the ones I, I've referenced uh, earlier in our conversation. We did a GPS tech demo day on Capitol Hill last winter and a number of members of Congress came and spoke. We did the event on Capitol Hill and it was a chance for staffers uh, to see many of, of, of these technologies up close and personal. And surveying equipment was among among the technologies that, that was being displayed. Uh, so the ally and coalition building is not just among industry, but it's also building that coalition of allies among uh, Capitol Hill uh, and partners in the House and Senate. So we do briefings. Um, we've worked closely with the caucus. Uh, we um, do an ongoing blog series uh, to educate uh, stakeholders, both in government and out, about the important role that GPS plays in our economy. Uh, and I also uh, think it's important, and, and sometimes um, uh, this gets underrepresented in the conversation, but the value of social media. Uh, this is uh, where a lot of congressional uh, staffers and others get their, their news and information. And so it's important for an advocacy organization like GPSIA uh, to be part of that conversation, whether it's on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. And so we use those platforms to uh, educate, to um, uh, 
play a role in storytelling, talking about the use cases of GPS and, and what it means for our economy. And I think that's something that you'll continue to see more and more uh, from us uh, because it, it just should, uh, the value of social media should not be ignored. Absolutely. I think all of us have come to that realization over time. Uh, it's invaluable in pretty much everything you do today. It certainly is in the association business. That's no question about that. So, again, thanks for being with me today and taking time to uh, to have our fireside chat. I guess we could call it because none of us are sitting in an office anywhere today. So, uh, But I really do appreciate you taking the time and helping our members get a better understanding of the whole issue and what GPSIA is doing and how we can be a part of that and, and help in the effort, hopefully. Well, Kurt, thank you for having me. And I, I look forward to working with you and your members to continue carrying out our mission to promote, protect, and enhance GPS. Thank you very much. Thanks again for joining me. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor. Our guest today, GPSIA, does not speak for Garmin International Inc. and Deer & Company with respect to all points made about Legato by the GPSIA Executive Director in this podcast. See the NSPS website for more details.